0: Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Bam, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Milwaukee. Also, the Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Columbus, Georgia. Shout out to one of our listeners from there. I can't exactly remember who it was, but uh, that is one of our other outside of the state affiliates uh, Columbus, Georgia, Winter Haven, Florida, uh, Brooklyn, New York, a uh, friend of the pod, Charlie Saturday. Uh, and then we have a number of listeners from Australia. Uh, former Andrew Bogut stands. Current Thon Maker Matthew Vadova stands. Uh, our good friend Kane Pittman as well. Uh, so shout out to all of you uh, for listening. I think that about covers all of the out-of-state affiliates that I was looking for. If I missed any of you, be sure to let me know. And since I'm out of, out of state affiliates, that means I'm going to need some more in-state affiliates. So be sure to send some my way. We are always looking for some more affiliates. I'm Eric Name. No Frank Man tonight. Uh, we always, we always like to try to give off, uh, Thursday night for Frank that he can have Thursday nights off and I can record the Friday podcast by myself. So that is again, the case this week. So, uh, Shout out to Frank, the founder of Brewhoop.com and my good friends. So today I've I've been trying to think if I have exactly one topic or a number of topics that I wanted to get into. And I kind of looked through everything and I think I have a a just a bunch of topics that I, I wanted to to try to hop through and think about a little bit more. Some inspired from uh, things on social media, some inspired by uh, the work others have done, some inspired uh, by yesterday's podcast, and then some just uh, kind of created by Twitter. So um, some of the some of the things that I'm thinking about first, Space Jam Two has been discussed, and LeBron's production company is creating it. I think Ryan Coogler is directing it so it is going to get done and what i wanted to touch on there is all of your space jam two lineups are stupid okay i'm just gonna say it they're all dumb because they all have very good basketball players you're picking five out of si's top 10 or i guess four others to go with lebron and that's not how the original space jam was done Muggsy Bogues, good player. Sean Bradley, also probably not quite as good of a player, but also a good player. Top five players? No. Not anywhere close. But they were chosen because they would make for good Monstars. They would make for better characters. They could then have a very small Monstar. They could also then have a very long, tall, large Monstar. They did all of those things to create better characters, So, stop trying to find the best basketball players for your Space Jam 2 casting because it is just flat out wrong. It is not how they did it. So, stop doing it. So, with all that being said, if you have Space Jam 2 suggestions, I'm more than happy to listen to them. I would say, and I said this on Twitter, Isaiah Thomas probably needs to be in it. He's very small. I think he's probably the shortest player in the NBA. So, if you're looking for, again, great characters, that might work. Also, if we're looking for very tall, I think Boban might have to be in it. I know he's not a great basketball player. He might not even be a bad NBA player. He might be just a just a large man that also happens to get an NBA contract. Like that might be the that might be the case. But also, that could mean that he'd be great for that role. As I mentioned, all of that on Twitter, I did get some very good casting selections. Uh, we had someone tweet at me. Uh, Giannis should be a member of the Monstars, but the Monstars get confused because he's already so long-limbed that they believe he's already an alien, so they put him on his team, and then in the end... Giannis turns on the Monstars, helps out LeBron and his squad. Uh, I called it a, re- a reverse Hollywood Hogan, so instead of going from good guy to bad guy, Giannis be going from bad guy to good guy, it'd be quite a plot twist. So I, I liked that one, I thought that one was pretty fun. The second one that made me laugh was, someone tweeted at me that the Monstars should just be the Warriors, and everyone on the Warriors except Kevin Durant will be already turned into a Monstar, and... That'll just leave Kevin Durant saying, oh, come on, I, I, I want to be a monster. Take my powers, please. Include me. I thought that was a good joke as well. Uh, so, again, if you have Space Jam 2 lineups, send them my way. Also, I don't care if you think Space Jam was a bad movie because it was a bad movie, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy it because I still enjoy it. Bill Murray steals scenes all over the place and I enjoy watching the movie. I don't care that it was bad. What what would that matter? There's this like new thing that's like, actually, Space Jam was a bad movie, and that's something that people like to say on Twitter. I don't care. I don't care that it's a bad movie. I enjoy it. It brings up nostalgia for my childhood. So you know what? I'm going to watch it. I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm probably going to quote it. So get out of here. Get just, I'm sorry. That that's what's going to happen. Also, Wayne Knight as Stan Podolak, Newman from Seinfeld, uh, he was great. Great character. Again, all good things. And the golf scenes at the start of the movie, I think, are undeniably funny. And I'll fight you if you feel differently. All right, let's move off of Space Jam 2. Sorry, just, again, that was sort of Bucks related, but also not in any way Bucks related, but all things I needed to get off my chest. Thinking about, uh,. Giannis a little bit and how freaky he looks. Uh one thing I wanted to mention was the Bucks shared. Uh, they're doing like a video series called Midrange this year where they're doing some of the behind-the-scenes kind of looks at some of their players and some of the things that they do. And this time they did behind the scenes at Marketing Day for Giannis. And it was a pretty long video, and obviously you got to see you know, let's crack some jokes, have some fun behind the scenes, and, and there was some fun stuff there. And then you also got to see one of the one of the photographers mention, "Oh man, like you're really getting big. Like every year, you know, you keep getting bigger." And uh, clearly, someone who does this from year to year. And he mentioned, or he kind of asked, like, "Oh, you know, how much how much bigger are you this year?" and I know both Frank and I have participated in this before and joked about the listed weight for Giannis and how we believe it's inaccurate and what what we have now been told from the source himself to a photographer, so shout out to uh, that photographer for getting this exclusive uh, and for the Bucks for sharing it, but Giannis said that he has the same body fat as last year that hasn't changed. But he has added three pounds of muscle. So take that for, for what it may be. Try to work backwards and figure out what you're adding three to for as far as his weight. Um, but that is what Giannis says. So uh, we'll see what his official weight comes in this year. And uh, I guess I know it's, it's not necessarily all that interesting uh, because, well, well, who really cares what his weight is? Guys are listed at inaccurate weights or inaccurate heights all the time. But one thing that I do find interesting is that while we are discussing his weight, there's always kind of this conversation about, you know, is there... Is Giannis getting too big? Is he going to be too strong that he then doesn't have the fluidity that he needs as an athlete, that he won't be able to move his his feet as quick as he needs to? He won't be able to, uh, you know... Euro step and, and do the things that kind of make him special. So I think it's it's an interesting thought, but also I think the the Bucks are smart enough and Giannis are smart is smart enough to to kind of understand that there are certain things that make Giannis very good and one of the things that makes him very good is that he is able to be as long limbed as he is as tall as he is, but still move in, in a very athletic and functional way that I mean, maybe later in his career, once he gets out of, you know, being 23, 24 years old, maybe once he's 33 or 34 years old, maybe that's when you see him add more weight and shift all the way up to, I mean, at that point, probably being a center, like maybe all of that happens, but I I just don't think that's going to occur At this point, like, I think you're still going to see him be, be a fluid athlete, be a guy that can manage to hopefully uh, keep moving. And, and keep being the insane athlete that he is and the fluid athlete that he is, but also now maybe take a few more shots. And I'm not saying more jump shots or, or more attempts at the rim. I'm saying, you know, as he's going to the basket, maybe he'll be able to take, uh, you know, a center bumping him on the way maybe he'll be able to finish through the arms of a small forward easier because he's even stronger and he is able to do those things and I think one thing that we've kind of joked about in the past and obviously you you may know that that Frank's wife is a Rockets fan uh and that he does watch a lot of Rockets games but one thing that makes James Harden so good is that he goes to the free throw all the time and Giannis goes to the free throw line a lot but if he is strong enough, he is able to do those Euro steps, and then uh, he does find a way to throw his arms at other people's arms in the way that James Harden does, and again, a lot of people don't like that, but if he is strong enough, and if you've seen some of the pictures of him, obviously there appears to always end up being more definition on his arms. If he is able to use those five foot long arms or however long they are and bump them into other people but then also be strong enough to finish that just creates a problem for defenses because he's stronger but he's still that athlete he's still able to get through everyone and then he's also finishing at the rim so it it, to me it's it's kind of a I get people's concerns because I do think it is an interesting balance where, you know, you don't want to get too strong. And I, I mean, this is kind of a, I mean, an an overarching theme of basketball is like, you don't want to be too strong. That's always something that people say like, Oh, uh, you know, you're lifting too many weights. You got too big. And then your jump shot left you, your touch left you around the rim. Like you weren't able to do those same things. So I don't, Necessarily, see it as a big concern at the NBA level because everyone is watching these things. Uh, uh, they, there's a huge staff of Bucks trainers and medical staff that are making sure Giannis is going to be in tip-top shape, and I think they all understand what that will be. But it, it is just sort of interesting to watch, and also it could be a spot where you know there is, uh, as I've talked about throughout the summer, there's the big idea that. If Giannis gets better as a jump shooter, then he can just end up being a better player. But also another one of the incremental things that he can do to, you know, add two percent more to his game, add two percent here, add two percent there, add two percent here is being stronger. Is getting to the foul line a little bit more is finishing through contact a little bit more um, is being able to do all those things. And that's just one of those things, you know, becoming a, a slightly better passer, seeing the floor a little bit better, uh, being able to post up a little bit more. Like there's a bunch of things that Giannis can do to become a better basketball player outside of a jump shot. Uh, and, you know, you know, possibly adding a few more pounds, being able to handle a, a little bit more physical play all of those things could end up working and turning him into an even better basketball player, which is all something that, you know, Bucks fans are going to be very excited about and, and certainly something that Bucks fans are going to want. All right. So continuing this Bucks topic, potpourri, um, one of the things I wanted to touch on a little bit today was Something that came up in the, the podcast that we had last night where, you know, we started with Jimmy Butler and then from Jimmy Butler, we moved to ideal moves for the Bucks, how you build a team and kind of how all of this goes. And uh, the the affiliate that we mentioned last night uh, or excuse me, yesterday uh, from Seattle. Uh, friend of the podcast Dan Schaefer uh, actually turned part of that question into the poll and turned it into a poll. And the the poll to me is is pretty interesting. I think it's it's a fun look at kind of what we were saying and the poll, as stated by Dan, is a preseason poll for Bucks fans. What would give you greater cause for celebration? Bucks win the NBA Finals or Giannis signs extension. And I think what's really interesting there is that I think undoubtedly the answer should be Bucks win the NBA finals. But in Bucks win the NBA finals, I think as the team is currently constituted, you may also assume some of those other things that you may, you may assume the other thing, right? That if the Bucks win the NBA finals, well, then Giannis is signed an extension, either because they were on their way to winning the finals and he was confident in what they were doing, and then he was ultimately part of the team that won the finals, or they won of an NBA finals, and then and that would be in the next two years. Somehow miraculously, they traded—I don't even know—John Henson and Matthew Dellavedova for Jimmy Butler, uh, and then also somehow got chris bosch back out of retirement and um then traded for jason tatum or some I, I have no idea how you'd get that load of a team in two years but the i mean i think you're you're kind of thinking through all of those things that the bucks win the nba finals and i think if you're choosing bucks win the nba finals over Giannis signs and extension to me you're believing that Giannis is the reason for that nba finals that might not be the case, um, but I think maybe if you shorten up the time frame and say, okay, in the next 10 years or something like that, and attempt to figure out exactly uh, the the exact parameters of that poll, I think maybe the voting changes a little bit, but in that poll, 80% of people said Bucks win the NBA Finals, 20% said Giannis the extension, and to me the the thing as we got done recording last night and I started to think through all of this a little bit more um, the thing that that kind of stuck out to me is that all of this is is kind of time based that that you're thinking about timelines and and how all of that works and last night, I had mentioned the fact that when you when you think through this Bucks team, the future, what you should be aiming for, I think often, at least from my perspective, you're thinking about how does I mean how do you get Giannis to sign that extension? And the 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 difficult part is when you also calculate finals, you do have to figure out when to take a shot. Like you have to you have to shoot your shot at some point, and you have to believe that this move can help set us up for winning a finals either in the future with Giannis, or um, you know, even before Giannis has to sign that extension. You're you're trying to figure out okay, what are some moves here that can help put us over the top in the next couple of years? And again, the, the the tough part with all of this is you know there's insane roster turnover in the nba like there's just from year to year the bucks are are a pretty rare case in these last few years that they've had so many of the same players return and i think it's at least partially because they did sign some bad contracts uh that they did sign some longer term contracts that have locked people in but maybe next summer is the year where uh a bunch of that changes and and you do have to figure out but the thing you're always trying to figure out is one how do you get Giannis to sign an extension but also how do you win with Giannis getting to sign that extension because things become much more difficult when he moves up from 25 million dollars a year to 40 million dollars a year that makes everything much more difficult and you just have to continually think about how you're going to set yourself up for those situations and how you you put yourself in the right spot because someone someone had tweeted at me when I tweeted out that poll Dan had and said well when you when you think through this like you got to find a way to to take your shot and that extension doesn't mean anything if you're not set up for the future but also <laughs> As I think through the hypotheticals, does Giannis sign that extension if the Bucks aren't set up for the future? I would argue probably not. Like if he doesn't have the the confidence that he needs in the franchise to sign an extension, well then that extension isn't getting signed, and in some ways it turns into a chicken and egg kind of thing because you're trying to figure out okay, well we got to get Giannis signed the extension, so we got to make some moves that show him that we are serious about winning. But at the same time, those moves may also hurt you for the future and keep you from winning because you've, you've locked up too many guys. And, and next summer is a perfect example of that where I, I find the, the Chris Middleton extension to probably be close to a no-brainer. Um, but that's because I don't have a huge problem if the Bucks go around the 30 million mark to sign Chris Middleton per on a per year basis. And I think a, a number of bucks fans, you know, might have pause on that, that, okay, Middleton, uh, be 32 by the end of it. Uh, should, should that actually be something that the the bucks do? I'm not a hundred percent sure, but that one feels like a no brainer to me. Bledsoe and Brogdon feel closer to landmines to me where, You know, you're trying to show Giannis, hey, we care, we want to win, we want to win with you, we want to give you a great chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, to win the Eastern Conference Finals every year, like, we want to give you a chance to get yourself into the NBA Finals, and it's tough to balance all that out without signing a damaging contract, a contract that, that could really hold you back and give yourself space in the summer of 2020 for Giannis so that you can sign someone, and then hopefully that's good feelings. Giannis eventually signs the, the Supermax. But at the same time, if you do set yourself up for that and then sign the wrong person or sign someone to too big of a deal uh, that you know maybe doesn't deserve it, that's too old, all of a sudden you've locked into a future of Giannis... An aging Chris Middleton and a, a pro- likely another aging borderline star, and that is just it, like I said in yesterday's podcast. It makes NBA team building feel impossible, and in, and in, I mean largely a lot of that can be credited to the Golden State Warriors and just how good of a team that they've been. And now it looks like, you know, maybe Draymond Green and Clay Thompson, maybe those guys sign deals that are are below market value to stay with that team and makes it even more impossible. And maybe Durant does the same thing and they find a way to keep that all together. But, you know, the hope would be at some point that blows up and then you can kind of sneak in. But trying to time out all of that, in trying to time out a bright future with flexibility and the the possibility of signing one more free agent to go with Middleton and Giannis is very difficult when you're also trying to show how to win in the near term and it, it's just it's a puzzle that as i think through all of this man i am i'm really trying to figure out how that team does it. And, you know, if I was, if I were in their shoes, how would I even attempt to do it? And I question that as well. So no easy questions uh, hanging around here for the Milwaukee Bucks. But I mean, that's kind of, at least to me, that's part of the reason why I find the NBA so fascinating. It is very difficult to win. There is no, in the NFL, I mean any team can win. You know, you have a little bit of roster turnover a couple of breaks go a certain way and all of a sudden you have parity where people can win. That's not the NBA. The best team wins in the NBA. You play seven game series throughout the playoffs to make sure that the best team wins and that's always been attractive to me, but it does make the process of building a championship contender so incredibly daunting because you just can't have mistakes. We talked about the first rounders last night and uh, tonight. You know, in my mind, it's it's always the signing the right free agent, spending your money in the right way. That that's something I'm thinking about as well. And uh, it it there it's just a minefield. You got to find a way to avoid all those things. Probably get lucky in a couple spots and find a way to win in NBA Finals. But the question of, you know, would you rather? Have him win the NBA Finals or have Giannis sign that extension, which probably keeps him for the entirety of his career. I think it's an interesting question. Uh, overwhelmingly, people said the NBA Finals, which I understand, but I mean, to me, it's also, it's also kind of interesting to think through if you do get Giannis to sign an extension, if you get Giannis for his whole career, does that in any way uh, make you feel like you're definitely going to get a championship? Because it probably it probably doesn't guarantee anything, but it certainly does give you uh, quite an advantage to have someone that's going to be one of the best players in the league for years to come. So interesting stuff there. Final thing. Obviously, last week we talked about, or I should say I talked about just how much I enjoy the Sports Illustrated Top 100, and I hope that you are a dedicated open-floor podcast listener because it ends up, I mean, I think, in my opinion, it's one of the best NBA podcasts out there. But what happens after the SI Top 100 is released is Andrew Sharp comes on and berates Ben Golliver and Rob Mahoney, and they discuss where they put the people that they put in the positions that they put them. And it, it always ends up, to me, being one of the one of my most favorite podcasts of the year because uh, those guys genuinely see the game differently. And I wouldn't say either of them sees the game wrong. They just see it differently. And I've talked about this before on Twitter that, you know, two, uh, something, something else that appeals to me about the game of basketball is that two people can watch the exact same play and come away with totally different takeaways. And neither takeaway might be wrong. You might just be seeing different things and you might be focusing on different things and uh, thinking about the game in a different way, which to me is intoxicating because then we can have a million different conversations. But those podcasts always end up being super interesting because that's what happens. And I would say the the blood so is discussed a little bit in the first hour of the the argument about about the top 100 and it's interesting but i think the real interesting stuff happens in the second part which is top 30 uh to number is just the the top 30 so 30 to one and obviously chris middleton is at the very edge of this and uh janice is in the top 10 as well and of course, uh, as, as you all know, I do end up caping for Chris Middleton quite a bit uh, because I have always felt he was underrated. And strangely enough, both Rob and Ben m- might just be bigger Middleton folks than, than, than me and than Frank. And uh, that might be shocking to some of you that listen to this podcast because you know that we do tend to kind of, talk about how underrated he is and how much better he can be than people give him credit for and all these different things. And I think the top 30 portion of the podcast is incredibly interesting because a number of players come up and Sharp kind of goes through and, and Middleton and Bradley Beal are ranked right next to each other and he, he's Throwing out these these counterfactuals for Middleton and all the reasons that he should be ranked even lower, uh, and then kind of mentions the idea. Well, just imagine if it was like John Wall and Chris Middleton. Like you'd be kind of a a middling team that you know doesn't have that much of a chance, and maybe he'd put up empty empty stats. And both Ben and Rob countered with, "Well, that sounds like what the Wizards were last night or last year." And Beale was kind of that thing and are you saying that the exact same thing would have happened and those two guys should be ranked in the same area and it was the first of many times where during that conversation the idea of context kind of the the greater team context got brought up where they were they were talking about clay thompson and some people had written in and said well you know clay thompson should be higher he's Uh, on, on this great team he should be moved up higher he scores so efficiently he does all those things and they both mentioned well when you look at the shots that he takes how little he has to dribble uh how much space is on the floor like you think about him differently and what they're trying to do is think about those players in different systems and you know think about clay thompson if he was in chris middleton's position like okay he's gonna have to dribble a lot more uh, he's not going to have as much space. He's not going to be in an open, thoughtful offense like he is in Golden State. Like he's, and he's not going to be surrounded by as great of players. So he's going to have to find a way to create for himself. And then all of a sudden, you know, you you start to think about those those contacts league wide and kind of how just your your just your setting can make a, your environment can make a huge difference on the player that you are and how well you play. And it just made me, again, think about this upcoming season and what we're going to see out of this Bucks team because we're going to see big changes in the coaching staff and then we're going to see um, also some changes in personnel. And we've talked about all those things, but it was a good reminder of, okay, take this player out of the one situation we know them in. And for Chris Middleton, like we just know him in the Bucks scenario, we we just know him in the Bucks environment that we've seen him in, and in that environment, he's played in adjacent kid offense. Maybe at times he's been asked to do a little bit more than than he should be. Uh, he's been asked to take some tough shots. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's even times when Giannis at, will kind of toss him the ball to bail him out late in shots because at times he's struggling to create because there's not much space on the floor and teams are are really keyed in on him. And as you think through all those things, you also, or at least I do, I I start to think about the opposite of those things. What if Chris Middleton got to do this or what if Chris Middleton got to do that? And I I just thought it, it, it was a really helpful conversation for people who are kind of dead set on the way that players are judged. And obviously, Chris Middleton was a good example. Clay Thompson was one. Draymond Green uh, was another. And even uh, Towns and Jokic, they had a a debate between where those guys were. But the top 30, they kind of settled into, uh, aside from Middleton, because Sharp was not having it, because Rob and Ben have been ranking him higher than he thinks is right for a while. But, you know, in that top 30, a lot of the times they found themselves arguing and trying to think through exactly where those players should be ranked, but it was, it was never really like, Oh, this guy's trash and he shouldn't be here. It's just like, well, maybe if he was in a slightly different spot, he'd be two or three spots higher or two or three spots lower. And like, just as I listened to it, all I could think about was, you know, moving guys around and, you know, what would Clay Thompson look like if he had played for Jason Kidd in Milwaukee? Like, would he have kept posting up like he did under Mark Jackson? And would he somehow be a, a, a really strong ISO player and have a little bit better handle because he developed those skills like Chris Middleton did? Um, or would he, it just have never worked out and he would have been a, a higher volume chucker? And it didn't work out the way that it was supposed to um so i i don't know like i I just think all of those all those ideas are really thought-provoking to me because you do have to when you're thinking about something like that you have to move people around and think about all the different ways that their their work and and their play could be affected by being in a different environment and i just thought it was really interesting so hopefully you guys will go listen to that and hopefully uh, you know i think having a a more open mind when discussing players and thinking about the different ways that they can be good or bad, um, I think it just leads to a little bit Better conversation and again, like that isn't to say like everyone's opinions are right and uh, people can never be wrong in arguments because I don't believe that I think you can be wrong. but um, with basketball there is a lot of context there. so just something I've been thinking about uh, that was obviously one of many things because there were I think five other topics that we talked about in today's episode. Thanks for going along on the ride with me. Uh, Frank will be back at the start of next week. Media Day on Monday. So I don't know if we'll do a show on Sunday night for Monday, but I would suspect that we will do a show on Monday night for Tuesday uh, as we get a chance to listen to everything at Media Day because that first time everyone gets to talk and everyone goes up to the podium and knows that they're going to talk for a while and uh, be subjected to all of the the very typical offseason questions that we give. And, you know, maybe some there will probably be, actually there's probably going to be Giannis jokes, but um, I'm not sure that it's going to be as, as open of an air. I'm not sure. We'll have to see uh, probably some Giannis jokes or maybe he's he's more focused on, you know, MVP season. I, I'm just going to get get down to business. No, I'm kidding. That doesn't sound like Giannis at all. So um, we should have some fun there. Obviously, we get to talk to Coach Bud a little bit more. That'll be, uh, to me, that's something that I'm looking for. That'll be interesting. And I'll talk to the owners. We'll talk to uh, John Horst. It should be a busy day. We'll get a whole bunch of audio. Um, we'll see. I might try to splice some of that into the show uh, where you can listen to that. Or Obviously, Bucks.com typically has all of that video and all of that audio for you to listen to as well. So that'll be next week. I would assume there may also be multiple podcasts there, um, multiple episodes where we're kind of breaking some of that stuff down because it tends to be uh, kind of fun to hear what all those people say and think. And just like that, we'll be in training camp, and the basketball season will be here. So we'll see you on the other side of this weekend. Thanks for listening. Uh, For Frank Men, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We will talk to you next week.